This is the Utah Jazz Podcast that plays by twos and threes. My name is Mark, and I'm with my young, beautiful, vibrant brother, Doug. Doug. Um, it turns out that it's a good, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just happy. It turns out that it's a good time to be a jazz fan all of a sudden when it didn't feel like it was as good not that long ago. Um, time, and, time and date, time and date stamp for this, Doug. We're sitting here on Sunday evening. Uh, lovely Sunday in Northern California. I just got back from Utah after a, a wonderful trip, but it was cold, cold in Utah. Beautiful weather here. And it's 7.35 p.m. And the Jazz just uh, went into Phoenix and beat the number one team in the NBA on their home court. And uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. How are you? Mark, you know, I'm sitting here. Um, I was also in Utah for two days. Um, we, we overlapped. We, oh, I was going to say interlapped. Is we interloped. We eloped <laughs> together. <laughs> um, yeah, so we were there. Um, we had a great time. It was cold. It's also cold in Oregon right now. Um, we had two great warm weeks of weather like two weeks ago. And now it's cold and rainy. Um, but guess what? It's not cold and rainy in jazz world. Not in jazz not world. Not cold and rainy in my heart. No. Um, Your heart is balmy, I would say. Yes. Um, it's an eternal 70 degree um, great weather. Uh, and guess what, Mark? I'm feeling what? Great. You um, should. Rumor has, your it, rumor has it someone once said that February is a gift. And I, that was me. That was and you. guess what? It was a gift. It's been a great month. It's been great. Um, and you, in, in that little exchange, I was just reminded of what our grandfather always used to say. He'd be like, how's it going? And you'd say, great. And he'd say, serves you right. And I like that. This serves you right, Doug. This serves collective jazz fandom right. Here's the agenda. We're going to get a little crisper on our timelines here. So I'm going to tell you right now, folks listening, this is what we're talking about. As always, we're going to do a first segment and we're going to talk about what happened this week, loosely defined as since we last spoke. But this time we're going to focus on the two games. Two, I'm going to make an argument to you, Doug, that will surprise no one, but I want to get to specifics about it to ground it as to why the Jazz are capital C contenders. They are contenders. Uh, that was bad. Um, three, we're going to do our social media segment as we are wont to do. And four, we're going to have a little bonus and one because um, that's the kind of fun we're having around here. We're going to talk about All-Star Weekend. Maybe we're going to talk about some guy named Draymond Green. Uh, sound okay to you? Yep. Let's jump right in then and tell us, Doug, what happened this week. What happened this week? Well, guess what, Mark? Quick side note. we've In the past, we had my son's little voice in between each segment. And the only reason we haven't lately, Doug, is because... The anchor platform deleted that sound, and I just haven't re-recorded it yet. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Um, yeah, that's what I always think um, when this segment begins. Guess what, Mark? Jazz had two games this week. We're coming off All Star break. Um, we had two games this week, and one was versus the mighty Dallas Mavericks, who are currently sitting at fifth in the West. Uh, and guess what? We beat them 114 to 119. It was a great game. You were there representing the family. Yes, sir. Um, 
along with others that we'll talk talk about. And then guess what? There was a game earlier today, which is where we're we're potting um, on the evening. And the Jazz got another W, like you already said, versus the number one seeded Phoenix Suns, 118 to 114. So guess what? Um, we're feeling great. That ended off, that was our last game of the month. Um, and we went 2-0 this week. So go Jazz. Go Jazz. And should we go, I was saying, because I did go to the game, I thought let's go reverse chronological order. So let's talk about the game that happened today. Now it'll feel a little weird because there's some context to that other game. I would just say in context for the week first, Doug, felt like it was forever since the Jazz played basketball before this week. We had a bad taste going into the all-star break with the Lakers debacle where we lost a really winnable game and blew what would have been a seven game win streak going into the break. Right. It would have been just, just what we needed. It would have been won, eight, we won eight, six or seven oh, six and uh, lost to the Lakers. Fast forward. Rudy Donovan stuff continues to be awkward. Anyways, we'll get to it. But this, this week was amazing. And today uh, was such a great game. So my context for watching the game was that I was always a little behind. Um, I started a little after I had to run some kids to various sports things today. Also, we were just getting, I was doing heck of laundry because um, we were oh, yeah. back. Kristen had soccer practice with the kids. It was wild. But I'm just watching this game in and out, folding laundry, doing stuff. And uh, what a great game. Uh, what a great game. Um, here's uh, like what has to be the, the thesis of the game is that Donovan Mitchell's a super duper duper star. We've already established that. He was phenomenal. He, I thought, really controlled the game. He got after it defensively. Um, and like little footnote, um, can we put a flag bookmark that um, in segment two, uh, he just keeps being fantastic in the non-Rudy minutes. The thing that have plagued the Jazz for so long. Um, his lineup with Hassan Whiteside today was fantastic. Hassan was great. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like he's the he's the maestro in front of the orchestra, um, making it look real easy out there. Um, when he he struggled at times, like shooting, he, he started great. Then like, was it Bridges that was guarding him? He was who's a defensive player of the year candidate for sure. Yeah, um, he's great. Probably his third place in my book. But anyways, he's up there. And then, but Donovan, you know, just persisted and, and was awesome. And um, God, it, was a, it was a really fun back and forth affair. Phoenix is really good. What, yeah, to, to, to throw to what you were saying there, I, I went in between. I was watching then um, listened for a little bit on the radio and then finished watching. Um, and David Locke, so in the end of the game, he said Hassan played great. Um, the non-Rudy minutes, Donovan was awesome. And Hassan ended up plus 19. So, I mean, they were playing really good while he was in. David Locke talked to that during the broadcast. And my first thought was, hey, like, it's, it's awesome to see it. Like, Hassan had an awesome block on Devin Booker, and he was hustling back and forth. Um, but, I mean... That's just Donovan doing awesome stuff, even yeah. in the non-Rudy minutes. Um, so Donovan's yeah. a superstar, man. This dude, uh, six for 11 from three today, 
on Friday, he was seven for 12. He's just cooking. Um, I, you know, rest upper respiratory non COVID illness. I think he, he's, he was just sitting out cause he was ready to use his best basketball for the job. Was that mono? Was it, was he making out? Cause he, and then he came off of it just in a good vibe as a result. Who knows, right. man? <laughs> um, yeah, he's been, he, he, I mean, I, I just think that has to be the takeaway. We're going to talk about the Mavericks game in which he was also fantastic, but which, you know, the the sort of talking point leaving the game was how great Rudy was at the end defensively. Uh, but if anything, it couldn't overstate, you couldn't overstate how good Donovan was in both of these games and really how spectacular he's been since coming back um, from his concussion. Um, since then, he's been great. It was a bummer that he missed the All-Star game because he's been in such a good rhythm. And yeah, early in the season, if there was anything that wasn't quite up to his standard, it was three-point shooting, weirdly, because he's been just better and better every year, especially he's historically a phenomenal catch-and-shoot three-point shooter, and his, his numbers have been down a little bit. And then this, this last little stretch, that's kind of come back. He's shooting two-point shots way better than ever. He, he's been incredibly efficient as a result of that. He just navigates with the ball so well. Um, but the stat they showed on the broadcast today is that he set a jazz record. I think it was like the first jazz player to make five three pointers in a game, five games in a row or something like that. Um, that's the kind of rhythm he's in. Um, but yeah, in a game, a wild game where Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert, who just ran away with the plus minus title last year and have been really good this year too, are minus 15 each, um, to have, to win the game. Um, and Phoenix was great. And I, I think my other theme from this game and this has kind of been a theme lately is our it's like weird. Cause I say our bench units, it's not that, and it's not even a true second unit because I think Quinn so smartly staggers minutes now um, to where there's two or three starters on almost all the time. And it's just a different, a different set, but the starting unit has not started super great in several games now. And then the second wave unit um, you know, the Donovan, Hassan, um, still bogeys out there sometimes. Um, today it was a lot of Daniel House, who I have to hugely shout out. Oh, man, but that's what I was going to say. Th- those guys brought him back on a run, and it, it sort of happened that way. And I just think the, the today was interesting because Rudy Gay was back for the first time, and he didn't play his full complement of minutes, and he was up and down, um, which I think is fine. Um, but we're starting to see a little more um, the lineup shift. And the main thing is just Rudy or Donovan is on the court almost the entire game. And that also means Mike or Donovan is on the court almost the entire game and bogey. And just we're now, I'm never like, I feel like over the past few years, there's been so many times where you're like, okay, this lineup's in, how are we going to score? Like, let's just try to buy time. Or even last year with these phenomenal lineups with George Niang and the featured heavily George Niang, Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson. And it was like, are we going to stop anybody? We just need to hit a bunch of, like if the three doesn't fall. And right now I just feel like we got good lineups and Trent Forrest came in. He had a couple plays where he just squared his shoulder to the basket, but I've blabbered on too long, Doug, because tell me everything you want to talk about with my guy, Daniel house jr. Who is the perimeter pickup that we wanted at the deadline. Tell well, me this guy isn't better than Robert Covington. I mean, oh, man. come on now. I was just going to say, well, you have to, we would be remiss if we were to not hit on our blockbuster trade deadline steal um, of 
trading for, no, just kidding. I know it wasn't trade, but um, Daniel House coming in to fill in for that three and D. This dude was shutting down um, Devin Booker, one of the best scorers in the league. He hit two huge threes um, in the second half. And I don't know, man, like his, I don't know how you don't play this guy. Um, and for, I mean, here's the thing, Doug. I thought a takeaway from this game for me was Quinn Snyder's being a little more flexible with his rotations these last two games. I, I was in a very interesting thread with Ken Clayton and um, at gets it. Um, one of my favorite Twitter files yesterday where they were talking about maybe Daniel house needs to be in some finishing rotations. And maybe sometimes he needs to take some Royce minutes. And I'm not here to say that that's an every time thing, but that's what happened this game. And it was the right choice. I mean, down the stretch, for a lot of it, actually, it was Hassan still in the game to the end. But Daniel House rode to the end of the game, taking Royce's place. And guess what? This was a matchup, Devin Booker, that is a more favorable to Daniel House. And um, I, I want to bleed in games. Can we go back and forth? Because let's talk about – here we were, Doug, at the – so I'm at the Mavericks game, as you alluded to. I'm there with my daughter, Avery. I'm there with my whole family. But we were, like, kind of sitting in musical chairs because we had – seats on different rows or whatever and at one point in the third quarter we're we're kind of coming back it's kind of close but we're not there yet and I turn around to Avery I'm like she's you know Avery MVP of the killer M&M's team which we have our playoff games this Saturday so more to come on that good luck Saturday coming thank you um basically two rounds one day if we win we're in the champ in the final game if we win that final game then it was a great season so here we go um but we're there. Um, and I turn around, Avery, I say, Avery, like, what are you seeing out there? Basketball? I just like, I don't like the defense. And I was like, fair. And do you know what happened right after that? Two plays in a row, Daniel House locks up Luka Doncic. And we're all going to remember Rudy in the fourth quarter, which we should. Which was great. Um, put a pin in that. But Daniel House, he just, he's one of those dudes. And I guess like maybe one of the reasons I, I saw a conversation, I think it was Ken Clayton on this too on Twitter at one point that his wingspan was maybe like a little bit shorter than some guys. Like it's like longer than his height, but it's not like Robert Cummington. That's his thing. It's his wingspan's like seven feet and Donovan Mitchell's like almost seven feet. He's short, but he's super quick laterally and he uses his wingspan. Like my guy, Jordan Clarkson, who's defending better. Sometimes I'm just like, dude, put your arms out, man. Just put your arms out in the passing lanes. And I, some of the best defensive teams, I think like, this is the Clippers. This is the Suns, frankly. And this was the, old school warriors 17 18 where it's just like long arms and passing lanes everywhere and the team that does not do that is the utah jazz in the last couple of years and daniel house just uses long arms and he was great in that mavericks game and quinn trusted him in this game and he was phenomenal i mean the, the whole thing before i was making an argument to some people on twitter hey like you say we didn't make a move. We did sign Daniel house. And I think if we would have traded for him, you'd be more excited about it. Right. And he said, yeah, but Quint, we have to see that Quinn's going to actually play him. And yeah, I get that, you know, different guys have been in and out, but today most everybody was like, everybody's there, right. Everybody was active yeah. and uh, he played house down the stretch. Um, and house was awesome. I mean, yeah, tonight we had a, like a killer 10 man rotation. Our guy, um, friend of the pod, um, Eric Pascal didn't get any minutes. And of course your favorite jazz man, Jared Butler is out with a ankle injury, I think, but not full compliment. My bad. Right. But no, um, I I'm spot on with your, your point of the rotation being awesome. I, there was one point where I don't think it was a, an exact hockey 
substitution, but I mean, we had 10 guys flowing and I mean, everyone got a ton of minutes. I like, I mean, relative, right. But um, I don't know. It was a fun game. Guess what? Earlier in the season, um, everyone was saying, and maybe even just before this week, um, the, the jazz don't have, don't have very many statement wins. Um, and during the all-star break, David Locke broke down, like, um, how hard this coming stretch to finish up the season is and like how many games we can lose versus, you know, um, yeah. and here we are, Mark, um, two statement wins over the two Mavs statement wins. and yep. the Suns. Um, so Chris Paul's injured. We can say that. Got to um, point it out for sure. Our, and our, so they're not a full, full strength. He's going to be out the rest of the season though. Right. It's worth noting that they've been five and oh until their last game. They lost their last game with Chris Paul out since he was on the Suns. Obviously that's kind of a weird stat, but, and they're the, their best, they're the best clutch team in the NBA. We have been the worst, at least the worst good team in the clutch this, this season, this yeah. season. And we just got two wins in the clutch, which NBA definition of the clutch, I believe is within five points in the last two minutes. And, uh, and against two teams that have good closing players, and I get that, you know, Chris Paul, but still Devin Booker in there. He was playing really well, still looking like he wears makeup, still kind of annoying, but really great. And we we are a little hiccupy at the end. Here's the thing, Doug. I mean, one thing, a couple of points to of continued concern. We had Hubie Brown. Some, you know, every Jazz fan has a love-hate relationship with Hubie Brown, in part because he's still Jerry Sloan's coach of the year um, one year. But he was getting – audibly annoyed at times that they weren't passing Rudy the ball in the post and then towards the end, not in the post, but sealing it low um, with a small guy in him. And at the end, my guy, Rudy had a couple foibles. I mean, we're going to talk about how great he was at the end of the Mavericks game. So I'll be fair and say Donovan hit him with a nice pass and he went up and he should have dunked it with two hands and he missed a layup. He missed a foul shot. Um, and I think he turned it over once or something. I mean, look, I thought overall he still played great. The guy had several good blocks. He, he uh, did get one wins. offensive rebound that he got fouled on, which is uh, w- where he made one free, which put him up three. I mean, I think they were up six at that point. Yeah, but. he made one free third. Look, he had he had 14 rebounds and he had seven offensive rebounds. And one thing Hubie Brown did note was that the, the Jazz Center's offensive rebounding, Hassan had three offensive rebounds as was eight rebounds total. And the Jazz had 14 offensive rebounds as compared to the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, we had 10. That's more than that. But the Jazz, I mean, Aiden was good. We, we out-rebounded him by five. And, and that's kind of what kept them in. Rudy did make a couple uh, nice plays around the rim. Um, but that's just, you know, something, something to keep an eye on. He's got he's to do a little better scoring around the basket. Um, but, I mean, look, that's a team that switches all the time. We play two teams that switch on defense all the time and our offense was able to figure it out and we switched um which was cool and i want to talk about that more in the mavericks game but yeah you have anything else from phoenix i just thought this this what i was nervous was it's a it's a you know 130 mountain time game on a sunday two days after a big emotional win are we going to come out and lay an egg they get up early they didn't miss a shot like i mean rudy gets a block like right on the first play and then they didn't miss a shot for like what felt like 30 minutes and um, now the Jazz are just so good offensively that they're going to they're going to score. They're going to go on a run. And they basically 
you know, played that first quarter to a draw because they shot the ball so well. And then as the game went on, they figured out like defense and, and some other stuff. But um, yeah, it's a fun game. Fun game. Yeah, I, I, I just echo that too. Um, really fun game. Our, our guy, Jay Crowder, um, silenced the crowd and threw it out of bounds for us in the last two seconds, which was very kind of him. Um, we all got a little bit nervous when they hit a three um, and it was just a three-point game, but Jay knew what to do. Yeah. All right. We went longer on Phoenix than I was thinking. Yeah, man. But, okay, let's just talk about this part of the Mavericks game. Um, I was say, Doug, this was as fun of a live basketball game as I've been to, period, end of story. Um, it was so fun. So we were there um, with my whole family, my daughters, Haley and Avery, my son, Lucas, Kristen, um, were there, um, mom, dad, so father of the pod, our, our mother as well, mother of the pod, um, and uh, our nephew, Arlo, as our, as our sister, Kimberly, is, has just given birth um, earlier in the day. To their second kid so we're there with her older. congrats to them big congrats to them um welcome to the world ozzy um and then um so big family affair it's fun we start off slow it's kind of back and forth yada yada this that or the other um like all my kids guilt me into buying them jerseys um because but they looked great um and Last time, was just... last time we went, I bought Lydia a jersey too. So oh, that's good. So there we go. We're suckers. We're chumps, chump parents. Um, but it but it was just so fun, man. The third quarter in particular, back and forth. Donovan was phenomenal the whole game. Um, he was just so good. Uh, he had 33 points in the game. Um, he just felt spectacular. Like I said in that third quarter, um, I thought House's defense was great. Jordan Clarkson, I should have talked about in the Suns game was, was spectacular. Too. Two games in a row, like really for like two months now, he's been playing way more within himself and been making good plays. There was an early thing where I yelled, that's jazz basketball in the game when they moved it around and got a Mike three or something. Mike shot great um, in this game, especially early. It, it felt like the three-point shooting was holding them in early. First half, we just gave them so many easy shots, so many clean shots. Most of it was in the paint. We we're playing drop big on the pick and roll. Rudy and Hassan were sinking back and we just weren't contesting the shot. And little Jalen Brunson was everywhere. And I could hear McKay Richens talking in my head about him. And it's like, oh, Spencer Dinwiddie, who just McKay mailed Jalen. Yeah, Jalen's good. Spencer Dinwiddie, who just mailed in the whole season with the Washington Wizards, um, all of a sudden became friggin' George Gervin or something. I, he could have missed, he could have. Oh, he had a great second half. He looked, yeah. He looked like Steph Curry out there. Um, every time he shot Bertans was like also just lasers everywhere. And then in the second half, Doug Quinn made an adjustment. We started switching the pick and roll. Um, and we started guarding harder. They, you know, house and Royce, I thought played Luca hard. They were bogging him down, but we get in the fourth quarter and because of the musical chairs we're in, I'm sitting next to this random guy at, at the end and he's chatting me up and he's like, it's like 84, 86 or something. He's like, what's the final score going to be? And I was like, we're going to win this man. Oh, we're going to win a little run. We're going to win at 114 to 107. I think 113 to 107. And uh, man, I ended up being really close. Um, and uh, in the fourth quarter, it was just everything you wanted. And the main thing was this Jason Kidd, who's a certified idiot, thought 
as opposed to what everybody else should do to try to neutralize the best defender on the planet by sticking his guy in the corner and running pick and rolls away from him and making him have to guard the rim in the basket, I'm going to take my dude and I'm going to bring him right in it. So repeatedly, I mean, how often do you get a moment like this? Repeatedly in the fourth quarter, Luka Doncic, arguably the best offensive player in the world, one of them, one of the five maybe, First, who is phenomenal that game, Doug, that he threw a pass in the first quarter that we were perfect angle from kitty corner that he just threw it over. And it's like, nobody's ever going to get to that. And the dude, he just caught him like a wide receiver running a post route, perfect for a layup. And it was nuts, but they took the, we're going to, we're going to just bring Rudy Gobert's guy into the pick and roll and get him switched on to Luka Doncic. And we think we have an advantage there. And guess what, Doug, they didn't, they didn't have an advantage. It was disadvantage them advantage us. Because Rudy Gobert just play after play <laughs> guarded Luke all over the body. Don't nobody tell me what they saw in the last two minute report on one stupid play because that's not a foul. Luka Doncic has two moves. One is the step back three, and the other is I'm going to push off, and at, he does it every friggin' time down the court. And most of the good players do now. Hubie Brown was talking about it today. They push off, push off, push off. Guess what? Rudy, like, what's he going to do? He's going to put his arm there a little bit. Look, he got two phenomenal blocks at the end. But he guarded Luca till he had to pass it off to somebody. He threw it off the side of the backboard. Luca threw a pass off somebody's head. I was screaming as so often. Get that stuff out of here. Not saying stuff. Yeah, all this stuff left and right. And um, when and then at the end when they go down and Quinn made the switch. You know, several people have talked about this after. Royce was kind of in the corner before, and Bogey was at the elbow. They switched so that they get a quick skip pass from Royce to bogey for the corner three to finally give us a three-point lead at the end. That was ecstasy. That was elation. The building was nuts. I mean, we were all just going crazy. Um, I just, I don't know. It was so fun. Rudy was spectacular. Uh, the other thing was, Kristen has made this observation a couple times, and I think it's a very smart one. We've talked about it too, I think, that too many times late in close games, it becomes just Donovan Mitchell versus everybody and you want him shooting the shots and whatever, but it was just great that we ran some plays that were Mike in the pick and roll. We had that to bogey in the corner. Donovan was orchestrating it and he, I, he was spectacular, but it wasn't just, let's just shoot Donovan ISO or whatever. And um, it was great, Doug. He's the best defender in the world. And he, he literally just locked down Luca and uh, it wasn't even his best game into the fourth quarter. But in the fourth quarter, he was spectacular. Um, as To your point before, the Mavericks have been one of the hottest teams in the NBA. They've got the yeah. second best defense in the NBA in 2022. Um, and they've been winning a bunch. Of, they're better without Kristaps Porzingis. That was a weird trade. I think overall that's a loss for them. That That's what they got back from Kristaps. But they're just better because now they've got a bunch of dudes who can shoot around Luka and who defend. Um, that was a great, great great win especially because i'm sorry to keep going but this i'm done after this they they had the little run early in the fourth quarter to take the lead where i thought okay we're gonna win this now jordan gets a layup we're up then they they came back and took the lead and then it was the rudy versus luca thing and bogey with a corner three every time bogey shoots a corner three i feel like it's going in and uh especially if the game's on the line and uh it was just one of those games where everybody was great mike was great rudy was great i thought um, Royce played really hard. I thought House played great. And uh, our two best players played maybe they're in the same game as well together as they've done the whole year doing the things they wanted. It was everything you wanted from that game. It was amazing.
Oh man, tie that up with a bow. That's all I need. All I have to say is, I mean, that was just, it was fun. It was fun. It had felt like that, well, the jazz tweeted out, posted on Instagram, every social there is, even LinkedIn, a picture of Hassan Whiteside, like the day before the game where he has like a sad, like droopy face. And it's like, when are we playing basketball again? <laughs> and that's how we all felt. Um, and it was exactly what we needed. Um, every, like even just the first play, the, the first one-on-one of Rudy and Luca, I was like, oh, nice. Like this, you know, like you see that and you're like, this is a Rudy proves himself as the best defender against the best. I mean, what, like you said, one of the best offensive players in the league, one-on-one in the perimeter. Boom. First one success. Then it happens again and again. And I think it was four times. Might have been three. Four uh, possessions, I think. They got one basket. He made a step back three from four away. He made a away. step back three, yeah. That was, oh, oh man, I like my, that game. My was juices just fun. were flowing, Doug. It was so great. The, the whole crowd was so into it. You want, when your kids go to a game, you just want it to be a memorable, awesome game. It was so fun. I mean, it was the type of game where I was scrolling through Twitter two hours later at night, just happy, you know? Yeah. It was just really fun. Um, so thank you, dad, for buying tickets and mom for taking us. And it was just, ah, oh man, it was great. Oh, not to mention, I, I saw our friend of the pod who tran um, of hitting the hitting the high notes. Um, he was he was working the camera for KSL. I went down, we hung out for a little bit. He invited me into the media section. So that was cool. And uh, man, it was just, yeah, it was, uh, it was why you watch sports. It's why you go to sports is to see stuff like that, to see two awesome players going at it, not to mention Donovan. I thought it was funny that Luca afterwards said, I mean, he's so easy to root against, by the way. It's like, I love him. He played for Real Madrid. Like I've always wanted him to do well. I, I like, I, I don't know. I, I like seeing these guys who they don't think are going to succeed in the NBA when they were good in the early leagues come and, and do great. Um, but man, he's easy to root against. He just complains all the time. Being there in person, he never stopped complaining. The flop that he did early in the game where he bumps into Royce and then throws his head back. I've never been so up until that point. I felt like the crowd was a little out of it. We, we laid into him with that. And it was beautiful. It was <laughs> needed. And afterwards he said, somebody was saying stuff to him. I don't know what they were saying, so I'm not going to condone it, but he just said, I said, thanks for paying to come watch me play. And uh, that's his response to fan trash talk, whatever. I mean, here's the thing. I paid to watch the guy who cooked him on defense and the guy who was cooking him on offense. Cause Donovan was hunting him and uh, they were great. And, and my other little joke afterwards was, Hey, if, if uh, he can't take advantage of a switch on, on offense and he's getting burned on switches on defense, did we just play him off the floor? I think we did. Um, anyways. So that's fun. I, I do you have any other Mavericks thoughts, but uh, we should roll. Cause our, yeah. our time is ticking. No, that was perfect. All right. Well, then let me just give you this short thesis, Doug, for a real short segment, too. That's just this. This is just what I'm getting at is I think the Jazz have a contender lineup. They have a contender rotation. Um, And we've made this point. I saw another thing today that ESPN finally put out its real plus minus stats for the season. Um, Donovan and Rudy both in the top 10. Mike in the top 15, I believe. Only team with three guys like that. And the point that we've harped on on this podcast before is just they don't, they stagger their minutes. Historically, Donovan's plus minus has not been as high as those guys. This year, it's the highest of the three. He's phenomenal. 
Um, and I just feel like as much as people say we've run it back, we have not run it back. Key guys playing minutes in these last couple of games are Daniel House, Rudy Gay today, um, Eric Pascal before, um, although he didn't play today. I mean, it seems like he's not going to play a lot if Rudy Gay's not there. And friggin' Hassan Whiteside, Doug. And those guys would have played against the Clippers last year. And guess what? Hassan punishes switches well enough. Uh, more yeah. than Derek good at this point. So I just like I just think that's my my argument is man, it was hard to imagine it after how bad January was. But our two best players are playing at as as well as they have. I mean, this was Donovan's argument in the Chris Haynes podcast a couple of weeks ago. They've never played together at this level before. And uh, I think we're a scary out for anybody. I, I just think that the Jazz are, are right there. That said, you know, the West is wide open. Um, I'll, I'll be super nervous about whatever first round matchup we get, let alone the second round. Um, but I think, I think in the past, the Jazz have been more schemable and they've had more holes in the roster. And I think that's the best roster they've ever had right now. Yep. Um, guess what, Mark? The, so the, the title for this section was Mark's pitch on the Jazz being a con- contender and my reaction. And my reaction is, let's get it. Um, I think you're right. Um, my, my only thing is that I've been texting my buddies and I said this to mom and dad too, but um, I feel like this weirdness to where like already this season, I think Jazz go to Western Conference Finals and then we don't make it and then we get Joe Ingles back and then we win next year, which is like kind of like how I've sadly like justified like the whole trade and everything in my brain. Um, but guess what? You're not going to stop stop me talking when the Jazz win the championship this year too. But um, it, it would be romantic. It would be hard to not have Joe around for it. Uh, but yeah. I mean, like, look, we've talked about this on this podcast, but the, the Jazz have to make the Western Conference Finals this year. And if they don't, um, I think big changes are coming to the team. And I think they are equipped to do it, man. I just, and I like, I think they could be just as, I mean, that Phoenix team's really good, but Phoenix or Golden State in the second round, especially if you're on the road, I don't know that it matters. So if they're fourth, fifth, third, whatever, I, I think I want to see them just continue to roll like this based on strength of schedule. Fourth is a likely outcome, but who knows, man? John Morant got hurt, unfortunately, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, all right, let's roll into social media. What do you say? Let's see. What do you got? All right, so my social media is – it's a tweet from StatMuse, and guess what? It's a tweet about Rudy Gobert because StatMuse, um, oh. they always have Rudy Gobert. Um, and I just wanted to talk about it because it's finally something fun. Um, StatMuse is like oh, – it's like a secondhand site for just negative Rudy Gobert content. Yeah. Um, but the, the tweet was after the Mavs game. Um, Luka Doncic isoed Rudy Gobert and three straight possessions down the stretch, and he went over three. We already talked to it, but I just thought it was fun because it was finally StatMuse eating their own. Yeah, I love it. They they're historically the worst. Between StatMuse and Bleacher Report, it's like they've got like an anti Rudy Gobert agenda. Right. All right. So so there you go. Some some positive Rudy StatMuse. Okay. Well, here I got one for you then. Um, so original tweet tweeted by Ben Anderson at Ben's hoops, one of the beat writers for the jazz. 
Whoa, Buff Ronnie Brewer is an assistant coach for Arkansas now. Have you seen this picture? It was literally like the next – I almost swole, talked about it. Swole Ronnie Brewer looking buff as heck. And then uh, Jeff Biesinger, who was on our podcast last time and was fantastic, uh, at JNM plus six, as quote tweets it and said, add Mark twos and threes. He's heard everything you've been saying about his jump shot. Dude's been getting swole and is coming for you. And uh, that made me laugh. Um, that made me laugh. Um, and then let me just give you this one other one to, by the way, Ronnie is, he's looking yoked. Um, but, uh, Eric Walden tweeted this, um, it's Donovan quote on house closing the game, um, instead of Royce, he said, you look at Royce after he was as excited as anybody. That's what makes this team so special tonight. That's what we did. And if we want to win, we've got to put the egos aside. We all trust the staff. And he was one of the happiest guys. And there were several reports about Royce just being cool about that. There was one where Quinn said, let Jordan stay in longer in the fourth instead, or where Mike said that because he was rolling. So I don't know. Good sign. I like it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I got it like all around Royce, Mike, Rudy, like you could, I was watching the bench specifically because I think um, Hassan didn't even get subbed out until four or less than four minutes. And it's just cool to see all these, like, I, in my brain, I think, like, is Rudy going to stand up and, like, ask to be put back in? But they're, they're all clapping for each other. Um, people are getting minutes. And I don't know. I, yeah, I think that um, if they can all put their ego aside, special team. Agreed. All right. And one, Doug. The All-Star Weekend. I would just say and we've got a little over two minutes. So I'll try to take less than half or half of it. Last year was a fun all-star weekend. It was like the two, we had three all-stars. Mike Conley was in the three-point. Quinn contest. was the coach. He's made for it. Quinn was the coach. Uh, Mike lost a close one to Steph in the three-point contest. Um, LeBron picked our players last and Kevin Durant and had a whole thing. And Rudy was great in the all-star game. And it was like, you know, it felt like we needed it. And the Jazz were first and all this. This time around, it was a big meh for me. I didn't even watch the Saturday stuff. Um, Rudy barely played. Felt like people were being dumb with him. He made a cool 360 dunk. Donovan was sick. Um, that was it. And then Draymond Green is an idiot. <laughs> it sucks because I love him as a player so much. I've defended him. I think him and Rudy should be complimenting each other. Like, But he does this whole speech about don't compare Rudy to me when when I think Charles did or something talking about defensive players of the year. And uh, I just don't get why everybody's such a dick to, to Rudy, but in particular Draymond, um, guess what? Ha nobody likes like the Draymond had this thing about like why Harrison Barnes didn't invite him to his wedding after. And it's like, cause he thinks I made him get traded for Kevin Durant. It's like, probably just cause you're a jerk, man. Um, so anyways, I, this is my all-star takeaway. I'm just curious from yours. It's like this year, just like getting the one seed, which I would have liked, just like I would have liked them playing. It's like, it doesn't any, none of it matters. What matters is they came out of the all-star break, played two awesome teams, beat two awesome teams and we're rolling. And I do feel like the jazz this year realized the stakes. It makes me nervous because I do think the stakes are high, but it also makes me excited. And I think the all-star break was just kind of a weird emblem of that. Let's say you, I talked too long. I'm, I'm going to tell you the, what the best part of the, uh, the all-star break was Boyan Bogdanovich's tan coming back. 
I don't know. I don't know if it's a spray tan, like if he was actually just in Park City the whole time and he was just pretending that he went to like the Bahamas and got a spray. Um, but Boyan, Bogdan- Boyan Bogdanovich is the one person with visible shoulder hair in the NBA. Boyan Bogdanovich is not getting a spray tan, Doug. He's, he's looking bronze. So I don't know where he went, but I'm sure he had a great I love him time. so much. He's like really slowly become and then fast all at once one of my all-time favorite jazz players. Oh, man, I love him so much. It's like funny because when there was Joe Ingles or him trade rumors, initially I would have I've just been like, Joe's my guy. Like, you, But I, I don't want to trade Bogey either. But like they became equal basically to me. And you know, Bogey is more important as a player at this stage of their careers for the Jazz, obviously. And uh, it's just funny. I mean, like when Stephen A. Smith was on the halftime show today, I mean, like it's just Donovan and everybody. But, like Bogey is a killer. Bogey is a second scoring option is one of the best ones in the NBA. He's a killer. I love the tan line. Sarah um, Todd, friend of the pod was talking about it quite a bit on Twitter that game. And I, I saw Ken Clayton tweet something that was like pro tip bogey, get your haircut before the vacation. So that the tan line goes all the way up to the bottom of the hairline on the back of your neck. Uh, I love it. Yeah. That was, if there was anything that important that happened in the all-star break, it was the bogey came back with a fantastic tan um, and shooting uh shooting lasers no hands down i'm like honestly all i watched from the all-star game was highlights afterwards i i just feel like they keep um floating out the idea that there's going to be this halfway through the season tournament and i just can't think of any way to that it's going to incentivize people to play but i like people no i mean no one plays hard um in the all-star game the dunk contest isn't really exciting anymore a guy named Cat won the three-point competition. I, you know, like um, yeah, yeah. I just I they showed there was a thing going around on Twitter that was like the last two minutes of the '93 or '92 All-Star game, the last time it was in Utah, and Pat Riley was one of the coaches. He was yelling, swearing, complaining against calls. Like people were playing hard. Um, and normally I'm like when they're like they used back in my day, yada yada. Like Charles Oakley, did you see that he was like Giannis would come off the bench when I played in the NBA? What an idiot! Uh, but anyways, like when normal people are like back in my day was better. I roll my eyes, but the All Star game was better back in the day. Yeah, I wish the mid season tournament thing would work. I wish it was more like European soccer where the regular season mattered and there were mid season tournaments and there was like the national thing. But I don't know. It'll be a tough sledding to get it to change. Um, but anyways, look, Doug, this is twos and threes. We are, um, pro Boyan Bogdanovich looking his best. Um, we are pro a little bit of comical, um, element to it with the tan line up high. And we are definitely pro him hitting corner threes to ice games. And, uh, we're in a good way. So this was fun, man. And guess what? There's a lot of, a lot of gimme games coming up. And I hate to say that now because I feel like I just jinxed the jazz, but um, a lot of a lot of fun basketball to come in the month of March. Yeah, there's gonna be a tough stretch too, but let's uh, let's roll, man. Let's roll. Yeah. February was a gift. March is uh, I don't know. Let's just keep having gifts. I, don't, I, I like gifts. Why not? Why not? All right. Okay. Well, this is twos and threes. Boom. Boom. Mm-hmm.